See, hello. There we go. There we go. So yeah, I I had uh, I was not like didn't have the thing up on my phone, but I, it was on in the background. I thought so. I guess that's why it didn't work. But okay. all right, welcome to the podcast. We're we're good now. So I think I'm I might. Have, yep. Oh, go sorry. Ahead. Go ahead. No, I was gonna say. So what we're gonna do today is we're gonna do with the NBA season come uh, some. Uh, power rankings of, of teams. I don't know. Uh, I don't know how much time you have. I don't know if we'll be able to get to both conferences, but um, yeah. is there a conference you'd prefer to start with, D? Obviously, the East. <laughs> oh, my God. The East is going to be – I have a couple of teams that I have pretty significant uh, bullet points. One one team in particular, I have, like – actually, probably, like, two teams. I have, like, eight bullet points on. So, okay. and we should have some uh, interesting debate. But there's also some teams that, uh, you know, we'll probably agree on. So, it should be uh, – should be a good conversation and uh yeah let's let's get to it so i figure i don't want to just like go down go through like my order in order just because i don't want to put my rankings over yours or whatever so i was thinking maybe we just go by division um and so let's let's go ahead and start with uh division Division t that's that's your division (laughs) all right well you just flipped it up give me one second um so you want to just go by divisions Instead of like you know one two three four that work I like I guess that works. I was gonna uh, say you know we rank it one through fifteen in the conference, but like I was just gonna say from a you know we'll just loosely go by division from an order standpoint. All right. Oh, uh, in that case, you go first, so I can see what you mean by that. Go ahead. Yeah. Well, so I'm gonna throw out um I'm gonna throw out the you know let's start tame and work our way up um because I think we'll probably both have this team near the bottom. Let's start with the Orlando Magic T. Um. I have this team ranked as the worst team in the Eastern Conference, number 15. Uh-huh. Um, I think the, there's one other team that they could be kind of in competition with for that, and we'll get to them later in another division. But, like, I just um, – there's some pieces here. Like, if they actually get healthy, like Jonathan Isaac is a good player. Um, uh-huh. Sure, it's a good defender. but um, And I like their draft. They did really well. Jalen Suggs fun them is nice. Nice for them. Uh Wagner will be a good role player. Like, um, Fultz is coming back. We'll see what he does. Uh, I think the thing with this team is, though, they need a – and this is what they failed to get in their last rebuild. They need that guy. They need that number one cornerstone superstar. They, they need it, and I think they're going to try to tank for it, and that's why I have them at the bottom. Um, really just because I think they're going to be more aggressive about tanking than the other team I'm looking at here that already got its guy um, in the draft. And so I think Orlando is going to be, you know, they're going to be in aggressive rebuild mode um, and this is going to be a season for them. So any thoughts on Orlando, T? Uh, yeah, I think they're going to be, I don't know if they're going to be last place. Uh, I, will, I will say 14th for them. But yeah, I they're gonna be last place in the Southeast Division, absolutely. Um, I don't really have a lot to say to say about that. We don't know the 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 whereabouts of Jonathan Isaacs. Uh they have a bunch of players uh who are like guards that they just drafted in the last like couple years. They got Markel Fultz that they traded a few years ago. Like who's gonna be the guy that's gonna uh be the guard, like the the star there? Um, then they also have a front court issue as well. So we just no, don't really know what's going to happen with that. A lot of just like wait and see who's going to be the person to, to emerge to be the guy. Everyone's probably going to be banking on Jalen Suggs since they picked him up so early. By the same exact time, they also have Cole Anthony and everybody else. So 
that's something that you always have to worry about. RJ Hampton, what's going to happen with him? Are they going to trade him? It's just just a, a log jam of players um, and a lot of potential, but we just don't know what's going to happen. So we're just going to call them 14th. But I think they'll be better than, I guess, the Cavaliers. That's, that will be my 15th in, in the power ranking. Okay, we'll, we'll, we'll highlight that interesting debate when we get to the, to the yeah. Cavs. Not that I think the Cavs are going to be any of those shakes, but like, we'll, we'll see. So, yeah, I mean, uh, a lot of good points there. And, yeah, I mean, I think you uh, you said, like, they're going to try to figure out who the guy is. I don't think the guy is on their team yet. I think the mm-hmm. guy is in next year's lottery, the lottery after that. There's some – it's a really good time to be a rebuilding team right now because it's there's a lot of good teams. It's pretty easy to sink to the bottom if you want to sink to the bottom. And the next two drafts are pretty loaded. So, yeah. um, you know, they'll have a chance in one of these next two drafts to, to, to get a guy who can really lead them into the future, I think. Um, all right, enough Orlando Magic talk. Let's, let's move on to um, move on to Washington. Okay. So, I have this team uh, – actually, you go first. I forget where I had this team. Let me, let me dig into my uh... – uh, So, Washington, for me, at least in the division, Southeast division, I think they're probably going to be third place. Uh, right above Charlotte, that doesn't mean that Charlotte's not going to be like a potential to like you know crack the playoffs or anything like that. Uh, so I would actually think that the Wizards will probably be seventh in my own ranking. Um, and a lot of people don't think that, obviously, or seventh or eighth, somewhere in that range. Um, and a lot of people don't think that, but you know they have a lot more depth than anything else. And that's one of the biggest things that I always kind of like think everyone don't. Uh, but I do. So they had they just got to pick up uh, Spencer Dinwiddie. They got Kyle Kuzma. Um, they have uh, Aaron Holiday from the Pacers. They have Contavious Caldwell Pope, and they have Montrez Harold. All four or five of these players just came in, so that's going to give them a lot more people as opposed to like Raul Neto or something like that. Even though he wasn't too bad last year, they also He's have the lead. I'm sorry. He's back on the team. I think exactly. he's the backup point guard or something. Yeah. So, so you know, and even if he's not the backup point guard, there's other players that can play with that. Um, they just have more depth to kind of work with. They don't – like last year, they didn't have anyone. Thomas Bryant was injured, so they now have some some good players. Uh, Daniel Gafford is someone that we can always look out. Kyle Kuzma could be that three to kind of help push the team. Uh, Denny Abdija could be the sixth man. And then probably going to be like the second guy on the field is going to be uh, on the court. I'm sorry. It's going to be uh, what's his name? Hachimura. With again, Montrez Harold could start. He could be one of the sixth, seventh, or eighth men off the bench. They just have more of a well rounded team. Plus, they have a defensive person that, that they didn't have last year in KCP, who could be a decent 3 and D player and one of the best scorers in the, in the, in the league with Bradley Bill. So I think that's probably going to help them more than having to rely on like Westbrook last year or something like that. Uh, and they also don't have Westbrook. That's the, that's the biggest thing. I, I'm a big Westbrook fan, but you know, he's not going to be the guy who's shooting 20 something percent from the three or something like that. You know, we have somebody like uh, Spencer Dimwitty that's actually going to help out the team. He's going to pick and choose his shots. And he's also clutch too, but at the same time, you also have Bradley Bill. So that's that's my biggest thing. Biggest thing is just trying to get defense. But I think they're going to rise through the ranks this year. They get, they were eighth place last year, right? So why wouldn't they? Yeah, yeah. 
So I'm going to tell you why they wouldn't. Um, All right. I have a bit of a different take on the team. And let me be clear. I definitely understand. You made a lot of great points. I definitely understand what you're saying. And I think their upside is what you're saying. I think yeah. their upside is like a number seven seed. They can hit that seed. I'm, I won't be shocked if they do. But here's my problem when I go through and rank the team. I think there's 12 teams in the East. For the first time in forever, I actually think the East is better than the West. There's so many East teams that I look at and they're like, that, damn, that's a playoff caliber team. I look mm-hmm. at Washington and I'm like, yeah, in a lot of years in the East, this team would have made the playoffs. But the problem is I'm going to put them as number 12, and here's why. Mm-hmm. Um, I like their depth, like, like you said. You know, they, they added a lot of good depth. But there's there's some – there are some concerns um, that I have with that. Um, number one is Spencer Dinwiddie's health and, and just that, that acquisition in general, like, don't get me wrong. It was a worth a move worth doing for the wizards and that Westbrook trade. My God, was that a steal? Oh my God. Yeah. Biggest hype. That was one of the most lopsided trades. And you know, when we do the West, we'll, we'll get to my thoughts on the other side of that a little bit less, less complimentary, but, um, yeah, I mean, the wizards knocked that out of the park. But the Dinwiddie thing, it's like he had, like, one good season and then got hurt, and now who knows what we're going to get out of him, right? I mean, um, you know, value-wise, the contract, you know. The, the Wizards did a lot of great stuff this offseason, and they may have a better team, but I feel like they may have a worse record. You know, I don't know what they're going to get out of Dinwiddie. The Bradley Beal situation is looming. I don't mm-hmm. know if Bradley Beal is going to be in Washington long-term. He could get moved at the deadline. And certainly if he's moved at the deadline, that's going to knock their record down. None of these other teams really have that, you know, concern ahead of them that they're going to lose a, a star in the, in, in the middle of the season. And certainly if, if Bradley Beal asks out at the deadline, the Wizards aren't going to just keep him for one last run. They're, they're going to get what they can for him. So, um, and, and Bradley Beal may want to stay there. He may want to, you know, there's another team in the East I'm thinking that he may want to go to um, at some point in the next year. I don't know for sure, but there's a chance of it. Um, a team where, you know, one of his best friends plays. So, um, you know, we'll see what happens with that. And, and, and we'll, you know, we'll see how their rotation shakes out. Um, they have a lot of uh, players, and I don't know kind of what they're like, – like you mentioned Montrez Harrell. Well, they also have Daniel Gafford and Thomas Bryant. So, you know, how is that going to shake out? Then you've got, you know, how their young players are, are, are going to progress. Um, you know, I don't know if a lot of those guys, like – you know, they, they, they definitely showed something, but, um, you know, is Rui Hashimura the next superstar of the NBA? I'm not sure. So, um, you know, he's a good player, though. But um, so we'll, we'll see. I, I feel like I'm going to get burned having them only as 12th because mm-hmm. there's just so many good teams. I don't know what to do. Yeah, I mean, you're right. that There is a lot of good teams, but, you know, people are going to be – you go over your number 12 team, you know, maybe you'll sell me on it. I'm certainly, I, I kind of have these teams outlined in like tiers. Um, yeah. So like, I'm not going to shift teams like between tiers, but like within a tier, I'm open for discussion. And Washington is at the bottom of that playoff contender, play-in contender tier. So um, yeah, that, that, that's all I got. Anything else on the Wizards team? No, I'm good with it. Let, let, let's move on. Um, So we get next up, we got uh, – we have Charlotte, and let me see where I have Charlotte. So I have Charlotte as um, okay. I agree with you. That's exactly where I have them. Okay, so we're we're, we're in lockstep on this one. So basically, um, I don't really think their roster got that much better. Um, <laughs> I think Mason Plumley for and Cody Zeller, eh, kind of even. 
Um, they drafted a couple of interesting rookies, but like we'll have to see what they do. Um, but, but the thing is, I do think they'll be better because Lamelo Ball is going to be better in, into his second year, and I, he showed real signs of being a, a you know a star in the NBA. So mm-hmm. and, and we'll see what they get out of Gordon Hayward. That's the X factor. This team does have some swing potential. Like if Gordon Hayward plays eighty-two games, they could easily be seventh. If Gordon Hayward plays 20, 20 games, then maybe they're number twelve. So yeah, I, I, I'm putting them here, um, just kind of in the middle of that. And I'm trying to think: is there anything else on on Charlotte? I don't really have a whole lot else. Um, yeah. Anything? All right. Well, for for me, you know, my biggest thing is being sold on potential, but at the same exact time, what they did last year too. You know, last year they were a team. Uh, who were actually really, really, really good. But then when LaMelo got injured, then that's when things kind of took the turn for the worse for them and they started dropping down. I think they were like at like fourth or fifth at one point. And then when LaMelo like left for a few games or a lot of games, that's when uh, it slipped. But now they actually have a lot of replacements. Not saying that LaMelo is uh, replaceable, but I'm saying like, let's say for example, Gordon Hayward, when he goes out, the team drops. But now they have a guy in um, Kelly Oubre that they can have that's going to help them out tremendously. Okay, uh, So obviously they don't do the same thing, but still around very similar scoring potential. Uh, not a assist, but he can also play defense when he wants to. So that's going to help him out there. And then they also picked up or re-signed uh, Terry Rozier. Then they also have a couple players that they just picked up uh, from free agent, not free agency, from um, the draft, James Booknight is supposed to be some like nasty dude from UConn. Um, so, yeah, exactly. Kai Jones is the is a forward center who's like a rim running athletic guy, so he can also have defensive uh, capabilities. And also JT Thor, like I've heard a lot of good things about him as well. So those three people that they are going to probably mold up. To, to being like replacements for a lot of these players that are going to be out in the next few years anyway. Plus, then we have Miles Bridges, who's still really good. Uh, Vernon Carey from Duke last year, who, you know, we don't know. We, we still don't know what's going to happen with him. And uh, who am I missing? Uh, P.J. Washington, you know. He's somebody who could be a starter or someone on the bench who's going to give you good minutes too. So they have a lot more depth than, you know, a lot of other teams. But like you said, this league this year is really, really good. There's a lot of other people that have, like, passed them who last year, in my eyes, weren't that great. That, but now they have a little bit more star power, so that's going to help them tremendously kind of overtake some of these players. So they can still make the playoffs. A lot of things can happen. Uh, but ninth, I think, is probably where it is if we're going into a vacuum of no one's getting injured, you know. Yeah, I think that's all very fair, team. So I think we're yeah. pretty much in agreement on that. So now it starts to get good because I think we're probably going to both have these next two teams are going to be, you know, fairly high, fairly high on our list. Um, okay. So the next team is the Atlanta Hawks. And um, I have Atlanta as my number five number five team. They're, okay. Atlanta, I think. Look, I think there, there's a lot of arguments on both sides for Atlanta, right? There's some people saying, well, last year was a fluke and, and, and all this stuff. And then there's some people saying, well, they're just going to get even better. I, you know, I think it'll play out somewhere in the middle. I think I think Atlanta could be um, better in the regular season than they were last uh-huh. year. 
but of course the league is better, so that may not be a better record. But they, they could be a better team, but just not go as far far in the playoffs because they, they had a lot of breaks last year. They mm-hmm. played a Knicks team that we'll get to them, but I think they you know significantly overachieved you know what their team actually was last year um, in the first round, and then the second round they got a player who uh, and, and, and a team that kind of choked all over themselves. So they got really lucky with how the seeding worked out. Um, so even if they're a better team, I think expecting them to be back in the conference finals is a little much. But that being said, I think there's at least some of their – at least, you know, I don't know if all their young players are going to take, like, some massive jump this year. But, like, some of them will. Um, mm-hmm. and, and Trey is a transform, you know, transformational offensive player. Um, they'll have DeAndre Hunter back. Like, like they, they, they made that run while having some of their young – DeAndre Hunter is going to be healthy – um, you know, they'll have Kevin Herter back. They'll have uh, Reddish back. They'll have, you know, they've got, they've got, they're a really deep team. Um, and T, I know you value depth, so I'm, I'm yep. sure you're gonna, you, you know, you respect that part of it. But, um, you know, they upgraded their backup point guard. Um, I think DeLon Wright is a really good get. Um, and uh, yeah, I, I think, I think they're the fifth seed. Um, they could they could win around they could not win around it's kind of up in the air i don't think they're a real contender to win the conference but i think they're going to be a really solid team and and they'll be you know the, the you know they'll be at the belt so any any thoughts on atlanta team? yeah uh i actually you know differ a little bit with you i think uh atlanta's actually going to be third and they're going to be on top of the uh top of the division um so obviously i'm a big fan of miami but we'll talk about miami in a little bit um, but yeah, they're going to be third, I think, because every team, um, every team that's not there, they have to like build, like, let's say for example, Bucks, there's a couple players that left, came back or whatever. So, you know, we don't know what's going to happen with them. Um, PJ Tucker's out for them. So we don't know what's going to happen with that. So I'm not really paying attention to that. Nets injury history. So we don't know what's going to happen with that. But at the same exact time, they're going to be probably one of the top teams uh, 76ers, we don't, we definitely don't know what's going to happen with that. So I already dropped them off the top three list. But then, like, like you said, depth is one of the biggest things for me. Uh, they just picked up DeLon Wright for, like, they just picked up DeLon Wright, which means that, like, someone like Lou Williams don't really have to play as much. Someone like Rondo, I know he's on a different team now, but he was, like, not that great this year. They just resigned uh, Collins. Um, Cam Reddish is going to be on his, like, third season. So that's going to be great. He's going to be, you know, someone that they're going to actually be able to use. They still have Danilo Gallinari, DeAndre Hunter coming back. They don't have Onyeko Okonku. Okonku. Uh, he's going to be out for, like, six months or something like that because of his shoulder. But they did still pick up Gorgie Dane, who's, you know, eight-year player, nine-year player, who's a good 3-and-D defender. Clint Capella, I don't know if he's still injured or not, but, hey, why not? Um and then they picked up that dude uh, in draft, Jalen Johnson from Duke. Uh, I think he's from Duke, uh, who's I thought was a really good player last year. Not to mention the the studs that they have at the guard position. So we have uh, Lou Williams. We have Trey Young. They just picked up Sharice Cooper. I don't know if he's probably going to be a two way. Uh, Timothy uh, TLC, who's probably going to be a good defender or a decent defender. Um, and then they also have uh, Kevin Herter as well, who's, you know, not even cracking the uh, 
starting five. He's going to be a sixth or a seventh man because Bogdan Bogdanovich or Bogdan whatever his name, Bogdanovich is going to be uh, the starter. So it's just like they just have, excuse me, they just have so many people that they can throw at you that you're not going to be able to be like, okay, I'm just going to pinpoint on, on Trey Young. Yeah, you pinpoint Trey Young, he gets, I don't know, 17 points, not super efficient or whatever, but everyone around him, Danilo Gardner can shoot. Like everyone's really good. And they also have a good defensive capability as well. So, again, with that, the continuity that they have and probably going to be building up from last year's, like, uh, run, like, I think that they're actually going to be actually really good. I don't care what people say about the whole loop thing. Like, that doesn't matter with me. The Knicks blow. So that's why uh, they did what they did. And everyone's like, oh, that last second shot from Ben Simmons. Well, that's what happens. That's what that's the how the cookie crumbles. So – they took them to a, a game. What was it? What, game six? Game seven? Uh, yeah, it was game game seven. Yeah, they took them to a game seven. Like they were like in it, you know. So Philly was the one who was actually more back than in the corner than anything else. So that's something that you just have to pay attention to. And Trey Young was also injured the last couple games too in that that uh, series. So I'm not even worried about them. Like I said, they're going to be third, and I think they're going to be actually really nice. Okay, so we'll uh, we'll have to see what happens with with Atlanta then. Um, and then uh, okay, so let's uh, I, I guess let's move on to our next team, which is uh, you know I know a team we'll, we'll both have have some thoughts about, and that's the Miami Heat. So mm-hmm. I have Miami. Miami's my number three team. Um, okay. I I like this team a lot. Um, I only have them number three because I think the teams that I have above. Miami both going to have players in the MVP race. Oh, what what place have, did you have them? Sorry, I have Miami number three. Okay, okay. And they they, they both have players that are going to be in the MVP race, and they both have um, you know, as great as Jimmy Butler is, I I and you may disagree on some level with, with this, but I think they both have a, a player that's better than Jimmy Butler. So that's why okay. I, I kind of have them down. But I love this team. This team is defensive minded, gritty. They have three star players who complement each other really well. Jimmy Butler has proven he can, with the right supporting cast, take Miami to the finals. Bam is unbelievable. Bam is going to be a defensive player of the year contender this year, I believe. Um, Kyle Lowry is going to fit seamlessly. They've got they've got some depth. They they, they don't I don't know if they have a they go like ten deep, but they have enough depth for the for playoff series for sure and it is a, probably a team that's built more for the playoffs in the regular season like mm-hmm. maybe regular season i kind of rank mine on odds to win the east maybe more so than seeding i guess so like i guess from an odds to you know i could see them maybe being a lower seed but from from the odds to win the east like i mean tyler hero victor oladipo is that your that's your if things work out well that's going to be your uh bench backcourt going into the playoffs that's scary um, Duncan Robinson, elite shooter. He fits with the starters. Great PJ Tucker. Um, you know, his offense isn't going to really be there, but he can, he is going to be critical for them with some of the matchups they might face in the playoffs, as far as a defensive forward that can make those dudes work for their points. Hello? And, uh, hello. Yep. And Marquise Morris is going to do some of the same stuff. Um, Deadman's a good backup center. Like they, 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 they have what I think is, and this may be controversial, but I think they probably have the best coach in the NBA today. Um, 
Popovich is still great, but like if you're just looking at right now, I'd probably rather have Spo coaching my team mm-hmm. than, than Pop just based on because the Spurs haven't. I don't know how well they've adapted to the way the league has gone with certain things and stuff like that. So they they they've really kind of declined. So you know what? Give me Spolstra, man. Um, and yeah, I just uh, they they're all in too. So they're probably gonna find some sort of way to upgrade in in, in the middle of the season, whether it's a buyout guy or a deadline move or you know something like that um their, their draft pick situation going forward is not as bad as people think they actually only owe one more pick so like they could make an in-season move if they really wanted to get somebody they could get somebody um i just really like the situation situation miami's in they're a threat they're a threat to win the east and in, and in my mind miami is a real title contender they have a real chance to win it all. uh yeah i mean i placed them fourth um and number two in the Southeast division. Uh, very similar things that you're saying. You know, um, the biggest thing with me that I, the reason why they're not above um, a team like like the Hawks is because of the age and the injury potential. You know, Jimmy Butler, you know, last few years, actually, honestly, like the last like seven years, he doesn't really play all 82 games, you know, he probably played like 62 to 70, somewhere in that range. Um, so a lot of ankle issues, a lot of shoulder issues. He plays hard, so he has to rest sometimes. And since he's like 32 now, he's going to probably do a lot more of that rest. Same thing with Kyle Lowry being 35 this year. He'd be 36, I think, this year? No, next year. He'd be 36 around like trade deadline again next year. Um, so that's also something. He played 43 games last year, and uh, – I know that's probably because they wanted to shut him down, but like I don't see him playing like 82 games either. I think he's been around that 60 out uh, of 70 games too. Um, but like you said, they do have a lot of potential when it comes to uh, those trio big three guys, plus the addition of uh, Duncan Robinson and Trevor. Oh, not Trevor Reza, PJ Tucker, who's going to be a great person to to really just hit the threes in the corner, play defense, play one of the better forwards that they have. <clears throat> probably even like a big man too because he has the capability of doing that and Marcus Morris <clears throat> excuse me um, that's something that that's going to be really 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 good to see and really really good to watch Victor Oladipo is that question mark that I am uh, I'm really afraid of uh, if Victor Oladipo I just read an article today they're like oh you know he'll probably be able to come back by November and then they're like actually that's not going to happen they probably will still do maybe December, January, February. So we don't know. It's still a question mark. If he does come, is he going to be conditioned? If he does come, is he going to re-injure or re-aggravate it? How many games he going to play? He's not going to play more than 50 games. I already know that. So that's something that you have to pay attention to, which means like if he's not there, the the people – we don't have Goran Dragic. We have Tyler Hero. So Tyler Hero has to make the big jump for his third year, even though he's been he, – I think he gained like 10 – 10, 12 pounds of muscle. I think he's going to be able to do that. But then you also need to, like, understand who the else do we have. Uh, Casey Akpala hasn't really done anything in the last three years. Dwayne Dedman, I think he'll be okay. Marcus Garrett, he's a two-way. Um, Omir, you're seven. Okay, what does that mean for me? Um, they do have Marquise Morris, which is actually great. But then they don't have, like, they have uh, the two dudes who are two-ways, uh, Max Struess and uh, Gabe Vincent last year that 
didn't really have a lot of time later in the season. They did it in the early season, but like, like a team like let's say for example, the the Atlanta Hawks, like going against them, like when they had guards who could fry you, forwards who could fry you, big men who could defend, and we don't have that same depth. If we don't have uh, Victor Oladipo, that's something that's going to frighten me. We do still have a top heavy team, but if the top heavy teams that we go against are better than our top heavy teams. And they also have depth. That's something that we will be uh, afraid of. So that's why I put them at fourth. You know, still hoping for. But like, if I, if someone, if someone could persuade me to go from like third all the way to sixth or seventh, but I think four, four or five should be the best bet for them. Yeah, you know, I could, uh, I can definitely see everything you're saying there. So a couple of things I would say is like, mm-hmm. you think. You're right about Butler's Jimmy Butler's injury history, and it's probably good for him to not play, you know, every game this season. I mean, he of course for Tom Thibodeau, like he is getting older, like so, you know, definitely preserving him for the playoffs, whether he likes it or not, is you know, e- even if it's. And I know I don't think the Miami Heat are really really about this, but you know, just mixing in some, hey, you know, it's the second night of a back to back year. Why don't Why don't you take a seat? Why don't you take a seat tonight, Jimmy? Um, yeah. You know, you don't, you know, you don't, you don't need to play. And because I would feel good, you know, about, you know, one of Jimmy Butler or Kyle Lowry plus Bam against like, let's say the, you know, the Washington Wizards or the Toronto Raptors or something, the Cavs or, you know, some bad team out there that's not as good as you guys. Like, I think you guys could still give yourself a chance to win, win some of those games, even if those guys are sitting maybe more so this year than, than in the past, because you do have Kyle Lowry now. Yeah, I, I anticipate the hero is going to have a, ba- a bounce back season that's going to, co- you know, cover up some of the supplementary offense that, that, that you'll need. And, and on the backup point guard, like, I think I, ideally you guys are counting on that to be able to depot. But I also think that's why if you, you guys are going to know around the deadline, probably whether you're going to get anything from him this year. Like if you if he hasn't come back by then, you guys probably have to just say like, OK, we can't like anticipate that this is going to happen. So then either you know, some sort of minor trade or, you know, you go sign a buyout guy. Um, like, I think that's something you guys could potentially pull off too that could fill that, fill that spot. Um, Hopefully. So, yeah. Um, any, anything else on Miami or should we move on to our next? That, yeah. Probably going to be a much bigger shit show than this last one. Go ahead. Uh, we can switch over now. Okay. Um, so let's get, let's get some of the tamer stuff out of the way. Um, because there's three whoppers at the end of this division that are probably going to take a while. Um, so Toronto Raptors. Um, I have Toronto number eleven. Um, I definitely think there there's some good things going on here. Like even though they did lose Kyle Lowry, like and I don't know how long Goran Dragic is going to be on their team, but you know Fred VanVleet, Pascal Siakam, uh, Scotty Barnes, OG Ananobi, uh, Gary Trent. Um, do they really get anyone at center? Oh, I guess they have Boucher. I mean, I, I kind of see what they're building here, and I think it's, it, it you know, it's inter- it's interesting. Does it have the upside of a top tier team in the East? Not really, but um, you know, some of those players are, are are really good players, and um, you know, Nick Nurse is a really good coach, and I think they're going to play hard, and they're going to also. I think last season they're really kind of screwed by the whole like. Oh hey, you have to go relocate your entire franchise like a month yeah. before the started during the global pandemic, and um, you know now they're going to be back home. I think that's going to give them 
a little bit of a boost. I, I honestly believe they probably would have been, if they had been able to play in Toronto all of last season, I think it had a big enough effect on them. They probably would have been a playoff team um, because they basically had the same team as they had when they made the second round the season before, um, except for their big men, which Marcus saw was kind of washed by the end of that anyway. They, they just, they just kind of missed the Baca. So like, I don't know. I think, I think there's some good players here. They're well coached. Um, I could see them being as low as 12th for sure. Maybe even, maybe even lower. I mean, Masai Ujiri did make their comment, that comment recently, like, Hey, we're not like, we're, our goal isn't to necessarily win this season. So maybe they'll end up uh, selling, you know, tr- selling players off for picks. This is a possible, uh, we'll get to this when we get to another team, but this is possible Ben Simmons destination. Uh, so that could really muck some things up. Um, if they trade like a, a couple core pieces of their team for Ben Simmons, I feel like they'd get worse. So, um, you know, they could certainly end up lower than 11th, but I'm going to put them there for now. So, T, where do you have Toronto? Uh, I have my 12th, actually. Fair enough. So, same thing, kind of what you're saying. You know, their biggest center is, what, Ken Birch at 6'9", you know? And literally, they're, like, the, the only team that has, like, forwards, guards, and centers at, like, 6'7", or 6'9". So, that's literally all their team. The only person that's not, like, 6'7", or 6'9", on the team is uh, Malachi Flynn, uh, Goran Dragic, and Fred Van Vliet or whatever. So that's like 15 players or 13 or 12 players who are 6'7 and above. But also at the same time, no one's taller than 6'9", you know. So obviously this is not a team that's going to be like a win-down team. This is not a team that's going to be actually, you know, trying to like break into it. I know that there's going to be people like Fred Van Vliet or even Goran Dragic if he stays that would want to do that. But they don't have the capability of doing that right now. You know, Scotty Barnes, he's probably not going to have a lot of time. Um, or if he does, he's going to be on the bench make, taking minutes, especially when they have, like, you know, Chris Boucher or whatever his name, Pascal, Ojinanobi, you know, all these players that need to be played um, in front of him. So he'll probably get, like, you know, 10, 15 minutes. If he does well, that's, that's when he goes higher. But most likely they're going to probably say, hey, Let's start off with defense and maybe corner threes or something. Like you, you become like a you know basic three and D player. Then let's see if you can you know have a little bit more challenge. See if you can drive, do something like that. But I don't even think he's a good three point shooter. So that's something that we're gonna have to work on with that. Um, so that's that's just kind of the biggest thing. Just they're gonna be twelfth place. They're not really gonna do too much. They're not gonna make too much noise. And like you said, they're probably gonna be kind of like that satellite team that just like all right, we'll trade you this for this or this for this. Um, kind of in that rebuilding mode. You know, you, you might see Fred Van Vliet get traded <laughs> this season for, you know, like you said, Ben Simmons or some other high-profile player or something. So we'll see what happens. Yeah, I'm Yeah, I'm not going to lie. Like, I am I, – I am certainly when it comes to trade, you know, just from a Celtics fan's perspective, they, they are a team I have my eye on for sure because, like, if they really decide, hey, you know, not even for Simmons, we're just down to – Mm-hmm. we're just down to blow it up and, and get, you know, young players and draft picks and whatnot. Like certainly guys like Siakam and Van Vliet, you know, if we, if the Celtics can't get Bradley Beal, those are guys that would interest me as impact acquisitions for sure around our court. Um, Cause we, we, we have some pretty movable contracts that like we put together, you know, for, 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 for guys on the, on that level, we could put together some interesting uh, packages, I think. So I certainly, you know, agree on that. And I think, you know, a guy like Pascal Siakam, 
maybe miscast is the number one option. He's going to have to play in Toronto. But if he's your number two or number three, you're looking pretty damn good. So yeah, um, like like he won a title doing that. So yeah, he's proven he can do that. He's just not going to ever be. I don't think the guy. Um, so all right, can we move on? Any other thoughts? Yep, that, that's it with me. All right, so the, now we got to um actually no, we have one more team before we get to the gauntlet. Um. So New York Knicks, uh, I have them number eight. Um, so this is a, a bit of a conundrum for me because I was very vocal last season when they made the fourth seed. Uh, I was very vocal about, I think this is a fluke. I don't think this team is that good. I think next season they're going to tumble down the standings. I was, before free agency hit, I was prepared to say New York is going to be like 12th um, this season. But I backed off of that to some extent. I have them eighth because I think they did make their team better in the offseason. And what I have done some of those deals that they did, probably not like that Nerlens Noel deal, I think, in particular, when you already have Mitchell Robinson, that's a little bit of a shaky contract to be handing out to backup center. Uh-huh. But to get Kemba, again, Kemba Walker at $36 million, terrible. Kemba Walker at $8 million, really solid value. And then you have Fournier. Uh, again, I don't love the money necessarily for him. But it's not that bad, and he's a good player who's going to help their offense, which wasn't that good. And, they're, you know, it's going to be a team that tries hard. You know, Tom Thibodeau is going to get every, you know, in the regular season, regular season, not the playoffs, but the regular season, he's going to get every inch he can out of that roster, every little bit he can. They have some good players returning, R.J. Barrett, Julius Randle, that, um, you know, Randle may not be as good this season because last season may have just been an outlier for him, but R.J. Barrett should get better. Um, no question about that. So, yeah, I think, uh, you know, I'm going to split the, split the difference a little bit there and, and have the, you know, the Knicks is number eight. Um, so any, any thoughts, Steve? Uh, Knicks at 11 for me. Okay. Yeah. Um, I understand. And you're right. They did pick up some people, but those people aren't going to actually do anything for them. And like I said, with the, the, uh, resurgence of a couple other teams that were down below some people have to drop you know you have to take those risks and like my my question is are they actually going to be as defensive as they go they were last year you know I don't know I know they still have that Tom Thibodeau defense but like what does that mean for Kemba Kemba has never been a defensive player um and if he's starting he's not going to be a defensive player we don't know what's going to happen with his injuries so now you just took Kemba Walker Derrick Rose still have to play and now Emmanuel quickly, who is supposed to be the guy that takes a, a larger step this year, he might not take that large step because there's two or three people in front of him. You know, then we have RJ Barrett. Same thing. Is RJ Barrett going to be the three? Is he going to be the two? We don't know. Is Fourier going to be the three? Is he going to be two? We don't know. Are they going to play together? Okay, cool. But at the same exact time, I think that if they do do that, they need to put Evan Fournier as like the, the sixth man but most likely they're going to probably put him as the two guard or something like that, which then takes a lot of touches from RJ Barrett, which then takes a lot of touches from uh, Randall because Randall needs to be the guy. But we also just saw that Randall wasn't the guy in the playoffs. That's why they did, didn't do well. They made him go to his left a lot. He can't do a lot of stuff. He was just trying to shoot threes. In the season, he was shooting 40% in the playoffs. Garbage. So that's something that you have to also think well as well. Then coming back with uh, Mitchell Robinson, he's definitely a good defensive threat. But at the same time, he's also really injured. 
Nerlens Noel is a good like replacement, but we don't know what's going to happen with that. And then like at the same exact time, like Ob Toppin, is he just going to keep getting buried in the the lineup with more people that's going to be there? What's going to happen with Kevin Knox? Is he going to do anything? You know, this is his third year. First year, he was like, oh, Kevin Knox, Kevin Knox, Kevin Knox. Now we're not really even hearing about that. And then they picked up Alec Burke, who's going to be someone as well that needs a lot of touches. Well, not a lot of touches, but he needs touches too. And then Dwayne Bacon from, I think, Charlotte, I think that's the last time he was on. Like, we don't know what's going to happen with that. And then, again, Kem, uh, Derek Rose. So it's just going to be a lot of people that's going to need the ball. It's going to be a lot of people being buried in, in the lineup. So Tom Thibodeau really has to be on his P's and Q's when it comes to roster management and depth chart management. Uh, but if he does do well, I can still see them being like 7th through 12th or something like in that range. I think that's, that's what they have. But again, when we talk about other teams later on in, in this uh, podcast, I'll tell you why they're higher than, I guess, this team. So that, that's all I wanted to say. Yeah, I mean, that's very fair, T. And, and T, I completely agree. 7 through 12 to me is, is basically a, a tier. And those yeah. teams, you could convince me that my number 12 is my number 7 or my number 7 is number 12. I, I just exactly. think it's uh, you know, I, I think there, there's very little separation. And there really injuries will probably, you know, yeah. or, or vaccination status. And we'll get to that with another team coming up. But uh, yep. you know, there's there's some, you know, it'll be something like that. It won't even be, who you know, the cover of the teams. I will say, I don't think the Knicks will be the best defense in the league again. But Tom, with Tom Thibodeau as your coach, you do give yourself a pretty solid defensive floor. And he has schemed around, you know, he had Derrick Rose in Chicago. He had, like, Nate Robinson in Chicago. He you know, it's not like he's always, you know, he's been able to build like really good defenses around, um, around guards that aren't, aren't great defensively. So, um, you know, we'll, 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 we'll see. Um, I'm a little higher yeah. on than you, I guess, but I'd certainly, some of the stuff you said about Julius Randle and um, stuff like that, I, I completely agree with. I don't think he's going to be as good again. Um, so, all right, um, let's go. Let's move into our, our three-team gauntlet here. We have uh, some whoppers here. Um, the Philadelphia 76ers T. Oh, dear Lord, here we go. <laughs> so I have the Sixers as number six. Um, okay. Here's the thing. There's a lot of good teams in the East that are going to be above them. Uh, and um, – I can't put them above a team like Atlanta when Atlanta yeah. just beat them in the playoffs. How, exactly. How, how do that. I can't. So exactly. Um, they have Joel Embiid, who uh, is going to be an MVP candidate again potentially. But what else? What else can we count on with the Sixers? Because Ben exactly. Simmons might not show up. Ben Simmons might just not show up. And let me just say, because I know you're going to get into it too. Let me just say that hmm. Ben Simmons' actions in in recent months are completely ridiculous and unacceptable and just show a debilitating lack of self-awareness for where he is. Like him and his agency need to get their head screwed on straight because the Sixers lost last playoffs because Ben Simmons didn't do anything on offense. That is why they lost to Atlanta. They, they yeah. should have beaten Atlanta. They were the better team on paper, but because Ben Simmons didn't show up, Atlanta was like, okay, we'll, we'll take this series if you don't want it. Like, and now this dude has the the whatever you want to call it to show up and say, oh, I want to be traded. Despite signing a contract where he is paid $30 million a year with 
four years left on it. Four years, T. Four years. <laughs> this is a player heading into free agency, being like, oh, you know, I'm going to be, you know, in another year, I'm going to sign, um, I'm going to sign with this other team. So you might as well get something from me anyway. This dude just signed a contract in Philadelphia for what that has four more years on it. And he thinks that at his current, at his current status, he thinks he has the clout to go and request a trade. If I'm the 76ers, I'm telling him you can either show up and play for us or you can just you can just not play basketball anymore. You can just not play basketball anymore. You can go go sit at home, not not get paid. Um like I'm taking a stand with this because it's just like like it has to stop somewhere. Like obviously players have have you know get you know when when you're when you're a player who's a star player, you have a certain amount of stay over your career, but like there's consequence, you know, there's still consequence at the end of the day, you still sign a contract. And, um, you know, when you hit free agency, you know, whether people like me want to, want to criticize certain things or whatever, I, I will be happy to, if I think, you know, you're, you know, pulling a Kevin Durant or whatever, I will be the first to criticize. But like at the end of the day, I still acknowledge that like, yeah, you have the right to do it. And I have the right to not, you know, not have respect for it. But like at the end of the day, you signed a contract, dude. You signed a big, fat contract. If you really want it out of Philadelphia that bad, take your damn qualifying offer, put your money where your mouth is, and hit unrestricted free agency. That's what I think there's a possibility Zion Williamson's going to do. Zion yeah. Williamson might do that. Um, I think there's a, there, there's a possibility of that. If he really decides, if the Pelicans have a bad year and he decides he's done, he's just going to take the qualifying offer um, and, and, and get out of there. So, like, if you really want out, just do that. Don't do... Don't do this whole. Oh, I'm just gonna get paid and then and then and then pout like a, like a like a little baby later. Like, go put your go put a fucking diaper on, dude. Like seriously, you're a fucking child. Like, it's just ridiculous. Um, I I I there there are players I dislike more than Ben Simmons, but there is no player in the league right now who does not play for the Brooklyn Nets that I have less respect for in the league because, um, than I mean Ben Simmons. Like it's just ridiculous. So I don't. Obviously, the Sixers could be good if they get a package back that allows them to win more. You know, you know that fits them better this season and stuff like that. I think they're holding out for Dame, which, you know, I completely understand them doing because I think eventually Dame will get moved. Um, but yeah, I mean, they have Tobias. If Tyrese Maxey is as good as Ian and Ear think, then you know maybe they'll be higher than six. But uh, I don't know. Uh, go, go ahead, T. <laughs> so for me, for me, honestly. I'm just going to play it like if there's no trades right now. So I'm just going to say seventh. And that's a reluctant seventh. You know, I think that they could be 10th. Uh, but again, we'll go into, you know, another division and I'll show you what 10th is. What's that? Sorry, sorry. I have to ask you, you know, I, I just want to get your clarification on this. So this is assuming that there's no trade right now. And this is assuming that Simmons is not going to show up or that he is. Uh, that he's not going to show up. Okay, so that's where I was. That's what what I was working off of too, right? So yeah, basically for me, I had them six because I was like, and I think Embiid at the end of the day is too good to get have them lower than six. But yeah, go ahead. Um, so you know, I think that there's going to be people that are going to step up. You know, the the whole Tyree Maxey issue as well because he's also with Clutch Sports. There might be an issue that they want to trade him to and get Clutch out of this situation, which would suck for Philly, obviously. Um, but if they don't do that, I think Tyrese Maxey could be someone that can actually help the team. And I've been talking about this because Ben Simmons is the guy that I hate the most out of everyone. Aaron Gordon is number two. Um, but 
if he's out, Tyrese Maxey can actually be a point guard that can actually shoot, drive, do everything. So that's going to help tremendously. But it's going to also drop their defense because Ben Simmons is actually a good defender. So what that does is that takes you down a couple notches over under, you know, like a, a team like, you know, Miami or something, or a team like Boston or something, you know, a team like you know, people who also have defense, uh, well-rounded uh, roster and a bunch of top-ended stars. And when you lose one of your top-ended stars and you lose, you know, your your well-roundness and you lose your defense, that drops you a little bit. But I'm just giving the respect because Joel and B, you hit him in a mid-range, this dude is fucking automatic. You hit him at the three-point, he's decent there. You hit him low post, he's fucking you up. Plus, he's a defensive player. Plus, he can assist. Plus, he can do all these different things. So that's the only reason why I'm giving them that. Um I don't know what's going to happen with Shake Milton. He's a third-year, fourth-year player. Danny Green's not going to give you anything. Like Then they also have a lot of people that don't have experience and a lot of people that's not really that great on the team anyway. Like Paul Reed, first year. Grant Riller is a two-way. Isaiah Joe, who? Um, <laughs> Matisse Thibault, this is his third year, but he's not going to be someone that's actually going to be great. Andre Drummond, who has nine years, but he's not really going to do anything. George Niang, who cares? Uh Cork Maz, he's a fourth-year player, but he's not going to be too, you know, he's not going to be, like, godly or anything. So they have a lot of, like, role players, and they're not going to be, like, anything above a C-plus, you know, and they need a couple people to be in that B-minus, B-range to kind of help them out. You know, who's going to be their, you know, sixth man? Who's going to be their Tyler Hero? Who's going to be their Jordan Clarkson? Who's going to be their, you know, like, someone that's going to be off the bench, score well, help the team out? They don't really have that, especially if, you know, they already kind of fucked themselves up when it comes to the point guard position itself. So when their biggest point guards are gone, now who's going to be that that playmaker off the bench or who's going to be that playmaker on, on the court? So it just that's something that you have to worry about. Again, I can say that they can go out at seventh or they can go tenth. I don't know how bad that they're going to. So they're going to be in that seventh or tenth range. Uh, other players can top them, but we'll see what happens. We'll see what happens. Yeah, in- interesting stuff, T. Um, I-, I definitely, uh, you know, agree with a lot of what you said. You know, I just don't know where the where the help on the roster for Embiid is going to come from. You know, if uh, you know, because Simmons, yeah, I mean, obviously, this team does not have championship. I think we agree. We 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 both can see this now. This team does not have championship upside. Even if Ben Simmons shows up and everything's great, you know, they have to get something back in a trade like a Dame Lillard um, to get them into that championship conversation. Uh, but Simmons in the regular season would give them, you know, they'd be one of the best defenses again, and they'd, they, you know, they'd, they'd be able to win some some games again. But that's just not going to be in the cards, it sounds like. So, um, who knows what what's going to happen? So I don't know. Um, yeah, I, I guess let's move on because these next two teams there, I have some significant talking points with these next two teams. So okay. T, would you rather go to uh, Brooklyn or Boston? Uh, let's go. Let's go Boston first. <laughs> okay. Um, okay. I'll start first, just so I can okay. just do my drive-by. I don't really have a lot to say. They're going to be fifth place, I think. Um, again, they could be somewhere between second through seventh, somewhere in that range. But I think second through sixth is probably a little bit more safer. Um, I really do see a big thing that's going to happen with Romeo Langford. Um, I think uh, Pritchard's going to be, you know, decent coming off his second year. Aaron Neesmith is going to get some type of playing time. But your additions of um, – Dennis Schroeder is going to help. Your addition of uh, – what's the dude? My, my man, Jay Rich, is going to help. Uh, 
Hernando Hernando Gomez is going to help. Like, so you guys picked up some great players. Oh, not great players. Good players that's actually going to bring your depth a lot better, you know. But at the same exact time, like, the the defense when it comes to your low post, like, you guys don't have a lot of low post defense. And I understand everyone's like, oh, Robert Williams, Robert Williams. But, like, you know, we'll see what happens. He's someone that can give you that, but – at the same time, he's also, for some reason, been injury-prone the last couple of years. He hasn't really played too, too well when it comes to his his uh, health. You know, yeah, he's not that defensively, but that's really what it is. I actually want to see what Dennis Schroeder does. Is he going to be someone that's going to actually help the team out? Is he going to be like, oh, I'm just going to try to do me so I can get my stock back up? That's something that we also have to worry about. But other than that, like, you guys kind of stuck with the same core. You guys didn't make any big trades, but you guys still picked up some, some good players along the way. Right. So, um, yeah, T, I mean, I think all of that is, is fair. There's nothing you said was fair. Personally, I, I think, you know, I think anywhere between um, two and six is possible for, you know, possible for this team, depending on how things shake out. Um, I don't think they're going to be – bad enough to get to seven again unless they really suffer some injuries but who knows what could happen in the nba um yeah but i have the celtics as my second seed i okay i think, I think this team is and I'll, I'll explain why but i i i think this team is really being slept on by not you necessarily but by like a lot of people i've seen on on twitter and things like that that really have us below some teams that i really think you know they're like their best player i would take our second best player over our defense, like our defense better. Like I, I just don't get some of the stuff I've seen, but so I'll, I'll, I'll make my case for, for the Celtics second seed and a legitimate title contender. Um, okay. At the end of the day, what do you, what, when you're looking at who can contend for a championship, what's the number one thing you're looking for? I think, you know, you can't win a title without a dude who can fucking get buckets and be that superstar to lead your team. And the Celtics have that guy. His name is Jason Tatum. <laughs> and he's about to take another leap this season. He will be – I don't think he's going to win. Um, I think Steph Curry or Giannis is going to win. But Jason Tatum is going to finish in the top five of MB, MVP voters this season. Mark it down. It's going to happen. Um, then you have um, then you have Jalen Brown, who, um, you know, is a dude who I think kind of gets underrated a bit. But could, j- j- just because the Celtics have had a lot, like a lot of other veteran stars and stuff and he hadn't been able to carry – you know, he hadn't gotten maybe the shots that he should be getting. Um, so I think now that Kemba Walker is gone, I think um, he, it's going to be much easier for him to be that second option that he should have been all along. And he's going to have a breakout season too. And he always comes back too. He always comes back with something added to his game. Mm-hmm. Um, so if he, if he, if he can take some, some more steps, it's going to be, it's going to be something. Then you have, um, I think you have the Kemba Walker for Al Horford trade. That was a great trade for the Celtics. Like, um, Number one, it gave them more flexibility to add other players. But number two, Horford gives them two huge things that they did not get out of their uh, center rotation last year because Tristan Thompson, like, that was not a good move for them. And somehow they got positive value for him. Thank you, Kings. I don't yeah. know how that happened. I thought we were going to have to give up a second round pick to get off the money, and I would have done that. So, um, but, yeah, I, so Al Horford is going to be – we didn't have a stretch five last year. Horford gives us that. It's going to really open up our offense. And he's a dude who can pass. He, he can move the ball. And more ball movement is a weakness, was a weakness last year. And Horford is going to help bring that to this team. Um, and I also look at how things went last year. I, they had the most games missed 
because of COVID. And they, um, they had a lot of injuries as well. They never had their eight best players on the court together once last year. They did not have them together once. They, they were just ri- you know, riddled by injuries and COVID. They never, um, you, you know, they all basically had two, like two different teams based on whether Kemba was going to play or Kemba was not going to play. So it was really just, uh, it was really just nice. they should be able to have a chance to, you know, have one team this year and build a much more cohesive team. Um, and then just you look at all the depth pieces they added. Like it would have been reasonable to uh, be worried about how this team was going to replace Kemba's production until they got the best value signing of the offseason and Dennis Schroeder, who's going to um, be a really good six man for this team as long as his head screwed on straight, which I think it will be because, you know, he, he got a one year five, he got a one year $5 million deal this, this offseason. But if he shits the bed next year, what are we going to be looking at one year for the minimum? Like the dude is going to have to play well, and he's going to have to be able to show that he can play team basketball. And he's also going to get a lot, a lot of opportunities to, to get his own because I think they're going to bring him off the bench. They're not going to play him with both Brown and Tatum when they're on the court together at the start of games. Um, I think Marcus Smart is going to be the starting point guard. And I think that's a better role for him too. You know, with the ball in his hands, I don't think he's necessarily going to be all about, you know, Oh, let's just fire up all these, you know, Let's just fire up some. Don't get me wrong; he'll still be a streak shooter, and he he can he does change games that way sometimes. Like, you know, if he if he's hot, he's hot, and they should feed that. But at the same time, it's like there are games where he'll shoot one for ten from three, and I think those games will be fewer now because he's going to be looking to get guys more involved as a as an actual point guard. That was his position coming into the league, so I think it's a better better fit for him. And you know, Josh Richardson is, is going to be a dude who gives us more wing depth, which we needed, you know, more defense. Our defense is going to be elite, a top five in the league, I think. Um, then you have Robert Williams. Um, you know, I'm, I'm, you know, he's obviously been injury prone, but that allowed us to get him on what I think is just a steal of a contract extension. Um, I think $11 million a year for him is nuts. Um, he has the potential to win defensive player of the year one day. Um, you obviously saw the game in the playoffs against Brooklyn where he had nine blocks, like, the dude, the, 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 he's just, he's just nuts. Um, and, and he, and like, it's easy to get blocks without like, you know, you can just go for blocks and it's not actually the right defensive play because you're mistime, you mistime them sometimes and the other dudes can score or whatever. But this dude actually like, like he's actually making like impact blocks that are like just nuts. And it, it's just, it's just crazy what he can do. And I think he'll start actually over Horford, um, you know, just because of that. And then, off the bench, it's funny you mentioned Romeo Langford because I am actually not sure where his minutes are coming from because I look at their – I think Richardson prop Richardson and – you're probably looking at Smart, Richardson, the Jays, and Time Lord for a starting lineup, I think. And then off the bench, you know, Peyton Pritchard's a guy who can shoot from beyond the three-point line. I think that's important to have in there. Neesmith's shooting as well, important to have in there. Um, so I think those probably those two, Schroeder, Hernan – Hernan Gomez or Grant, depending on what you want, and then Horford are probably your bench. And then I don't know where Langford fits. That's going to be interesting, though, to me because I do think he has potential. But that's a good problem to have. Like, we literally went from, oh, beyond, like, the top eight, which never appeared on the court once together, you know, we have really, you know, some bums like Semi Ojale. And I hate to name drop him, but, like, he was, uh, you know, a pretty marginal player. Um, You know, decent defender and – Stuff like that, but he, he wasn't able to do the things that the Celtics needed needed him to do last year from a role standpoint. So um, now you've got actual you've got an actual dude who can probably be a good 
player who might not even be playing, which is, you know, that's a really good step in the right direction. Great job by Brad Stevens, his first offseason in the front office, taking over a team that really didn't have a ton of flexibility and gave this team a lot of flexibility. And, you know, they've got all their picks going forward. They've got some really movable contracts. They're going to be in some superstar trade conversations, um, you know, the next you know year or two uh, as well. So we'll see what happens with that. Bradley Beal, I talked about the Raptors guys. Um, we'll see what happens with Cat up in Minnesota. Like th- there's definitely some things that could be interesting there. But just as, in terms of the team they have right now, I like it a lot. I think they're the second seed. I think they have a chance to get as far as the, the conference finals and the playoffs. Um, so T, tell me I'm drinking the Kool-Aid. Tell me I'm crazy. Um, I know I just went on for a while, but <laughs> that was such a long time. <laughs> um, no, I mean, hey, uh, I I like it. I like it. Keep doing you. Uh, that's a lot. Um, I think I told you last time, and then I'll just kind of go through this uh, about like players that can actually win championships and stuff. And I don't think that you guys have it this year. Um, and one of the biggest reasons is because of that big man issue. I think I said. One of the big things is a big man that can score 20 and 10 or something in that realm. It doesn't have to be exactly 20 and 10. It could be like, you know, 16 and like nine or something close to that or 16 to eight, something in that range. But like, I just like to say 20 and 10 just to round up. And you guys don't really have that. And I know you think Horford might be that, but he's not going to be that, especially if he's not going to be like the the starter. Um, Everything else you guys have, you know, you guys have competent wing, wing help. You guys have at least two bona fide stars, playoff experience. You guys are going to probably have top 10 defense and offense, depending on multiple closers and focal points, uh, depth and versatility, and a strong record. So you guys are going to all have that. But, like, that last thing is probably going to be a thing that keeps you guys out. Uh, and I'm just thinking about, like, us going against you guys, like, next year or in the, in the playoffs. And I think that we guys are going to win because of that Bam Adebayo matchup. Yeah, well, that's I mean, it, and, and and that's and that's fair. So I, I actually had some points I, f- I forgot to mention. Um, but yeah, I T, T look, that's that's a fil- kind of a philosophical disagreement between you and me. I don't really think you need that twenty and ten big guy to to, to, to win titles if you have mm-hmm. a couple other stars at other positions. But um, and and I think Robert Williams is going to be good enough to be a championship starting center. Um, I, I mean, like, again, I don't think the Celtics are going to be in the finals this season, but I think they could be in the conference finals. Um. I think Udoka is going to be good as the new coach. And one other thing with the Celtics, they alternate, they've alternated the last few years between overachieving years or, or, you know, hitting expectations, achieving whatever you want to call it and disappointing years. You know, they had disappointing seasons in 2019 and 2021 for different reasons. 2020 was a great year. 2018 was a great year. Um, 2022, that's going to put them on, on course to, to, you know, do better than people expect. I think. And, um, yeah. yeah. Okay. Oh, and Bam. Um, I think, yeah, I definitely think Bam could be a problem. Although Robert Williams wasn't really this, you know, he was still really raw when we played, uh, we played you guys in the conference finals a couple years ago, but I could easily see a scenario where like, you know, we're the two seed year, you're the three seed and you guys end up winning um, without home court because, you know, Bam is, is, is an advantage. Um, but, you know, we'll see how Robert Williams does. Um, yeah. He- really developed and is a much better player. So anything else or should we move uh, that's on? All. all right. So this is going to be, uh, this one's going to be fun. Um, the Brooklyn Nets 
Uh, T, do you want me to go first? I have eight bullet points on the Nets. Oh, my Lord. Uh, I'll go first. I'll go first. Uh, <laughs> they're going to be number two. I think the good pickups of, like, Sekou Deboy, I don't know if he's going to actually play, um, but him, uh, James Johnson, re-upping on, like, their, their better players than picking up um, or their free agents from last year, uh, them picking up uh, – what's his name? The dude from – uh, Patty Mills, um, them picking up LaMarcus Aldridge back up, and uh, who else? I think, yeah, re-upping or who, oh, Paul Millsap. So they got a couple people who have experience. They have dudes who can score 14, 15 points. They have, like, all old, like, forwards and big men by the same exact time. They're going to be able to at least help with, uh, help by committee by, like, just kind of helping out. If one person's not doing well, sub him out, bring him in. Something like that. Everyone has some type of uh, capability. If you need more athleticism, okay, here we go. Um, what's his fucking name? Here we go. Uh, 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 Blake Griffin. If you need more inside scoring or something like that, low post scoring, okay, Aldridge. If you need more defense on there, okay, Paul Millsap. Something like that. Or, you know, so I think that they're going to be good this year. Um, they definitely are the guys that's probably going to win the championship this year. Um, but hopefully not. Hopefully it's like Utah or something <laughs> or Miami. Uh, but yeah, that's all I have to say about it. Okay, so let me uh, let me get my thing up here. And, and just to just to plug it, I actually have this up as an article, as a blog post up at uh, JacobNBAblog.wordpress.com. So just to plug that a little bit, you can go check that out. I've got all sorts of things on there. Some so I know it's called an NBA blog, but I have some NFL up there too. So you know, just feel free to. To check all that out um but uh yeah i have this isn't because i just feel strongly about this this team is not going to win the title i know everybody's picking them i understand why everybody's picking them i i not criticizing it at all but i just feel it i i am going to be contrarian here i feel a very different way about it um so i'm going to start with the, my number one bullet point here injuries so you look at the the nets quote-unquote big three right Kevin Durant has played 25% of regular season games over the last two years. Um, Kyrie Irving has, uh, you know, he, since 2017, he has not played in a playoffs without getting injured or just imploding. It hasn't happened since 2017. That's, a, that's an awfully long time. It's long enough there where you can't really expect anything different. James Harden, you know, we'll see whether his being out of shape carries over into the season. It could, it couldn't, you know, we'll see about that. But there's a lot of injury concerns with this team. Um, and, uh, and and then you have Blake Griffin. He's another dude who's been injury prone. If You know, even if you go to their supporting cast, they have a lot of older players. Older players are more injury prone. I mean, so I think, they're, you know, they, they could really struggle with that. Um, number two is defense. T, do you know um, – how many years it's been where the NBA champion has finished with um, at least a top 11 defense? No. It's been since uh, 2000 and 2003 until now that it's happened. Um, and the trend continued last season when Milwaukee, with the ninth best defense, won the, uh, won, won the finals. Do you know where the Nets ranked last season defensively? Uh, probably like 23rd. You're close, 22nd. Right. So it's not even like they're close. They, they're just a below average defensive team. And I just fundamentally believe like some people don't think defense matters in the NBA anymore. Um, T, I don't think you feel that way, but like I know Sheree and some um, 
you know, I don't know, I don't know if Sheree said this or not, but I know somebody in our chat said, you know, basically that, well, they don't really think defense matters that much. I happen to think defense still matters. I don't think you can win a title. I just don't think you can win a title with a below average defense. Now, maybe if they got their defense like above average, um, it would be, you know, possible, but I just don't think they have the personnel for it. And also, I think you had Ime Udoka was their kind of like defensive coordinator last season. And I do think at the end of the year, he had them playing above their talent level defensively. But he's gone now. And that tells me they're just going to drop right back to their kind of their level. And I just don't think they're going to be good enough defense. I mean, how many plus defenders do they really have on their team Um, besides Bruce Brown? I don't really see a, a whole lot. KD, I guess, if you know, you want to take away from his offensive role, but um, yeah, I mean, so, so, so that's a real concern for me. Um, then you go to coaching. They lost both Mike D'Antoni, who was kind of their offensive coordinator and uh, obviously Udoka. Um, and I don't think Steve Nash really did a great job with them last season. I think there's a lot of concerns with him and now he's going to be kind of on his own and I don't know how that's going to go. And, and this is a really combustible team to, to coach in that situation. So um, I don't know how that's going to work. And then, yes, Kyrie Irving is his own bullet point. So, like, this is just somebody who you can't rely on. You just can't do it. And, look, the, they get this. I'll give, I'll give the, the, you know, the, the front office of the Nets credit. They understand they can't rely on him. They made the Harden trade because they knew they couldn't you know, and gave up all those role players and picks because they knew they could not count on Kyrie to be there, to be the number two score um, consistently. They, 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 they just knew. And then you go to this off season and they have a dude in Jeff Green who absolutely went off in one of their playoff games and would have been made sense to kind of stick around and be maybe one of their closing five, or at least if he's playing well, be potentially one of their closing players around their, around their three Big, they're big three if they're all there, right? Um, they could have easily just signed him to the mid-level. You know what they did instead? They let him leave, and they signed Patty Mills, who Patty Mills is a good player, but he also is probably not going to be in a closing lineup for them if everything, if everybody is healthy. But, be, again, because they know they can't rely on Kyrie, they're like, we need a point guard. We need a point guard who can play, who, who, who can potentially start for us. So, that, that's just, you know, that's just what happened there. I mean, they know they can't rely on this guy. And, and there's just, um, this guy's just a, he, he's just toxic and he's a whack job. Like um, he's goes, he completely will go weeks without talking to teammates. He just, he just forced his way out of Boston in just an imploding, just toxic way. He's, oh, and one other thing, apparently he's not vaccinated. And in New York, you have to be, uh, you can't like participate in an indoor sporting event if you're not vaccinated. So <laughs> he might not even be able to play home games in Brooklyn. That, like that's a potential scenario if he's really, uh, you know, and, and I could see him being this way because he's that kind of dude. Like he's just really uh, insistent on the whole anti-vaxxing. And there's another team where this could be an issue too that we'll talk about maybe in you know another time. But um, so yeah, that that's going to be a real... Uh, a real thing and um let me let me just keep scrolling here <laughs> yeah i mean and yeah so like at the end of the day this dude is going to be the 2022 playoffs this year and he hasn't made a positive impact on his team um 
since the 2017 playoffs. Like he always gets injured or just implodes. Like that that's just who he is at this point. You can't count on him. Um, and they wanted to the, the Nets wanted to trade him for Ben Simmons. And you know what? As much as I think Ben Simmons is as much as you heard my rant on Simmons earlier. I think that would have been a great trade for them because they have enough offense and that would have given them an elite defender. And at least he, you could know he's going to be in. But they couldn't do the trade because KD has some weird attraction to this guy. So, <laughs> yeah, I mean, that that's just, I, I think I've said enough on that. You know, everybody, <laughs> probably everybody who's listening knows how, you know, how I feel about, about that guy. Um, But yeah, and, and then role players, like I already kind of touched on a little bit there with the, you know, I was not a fan of them losing Jeff Green. Um, but then, then like Joe Harris, like, are we sure Joe Harris is a dude who's capable of stepping up in the playoffs? I'm not. He sucked in the, um, in team USA, you know, when, when they went to the world cup a, a few years ago, he sucked in last year's playoffs. I think there's a real chance. This guy is just not somebody who, uh, I think there's, there's a real chance that this is just not, a. Uh, Somebody who, uh, you know, is, you know, there's just some people who the pressure gets to them and they're just, uh, he, uh, you know, can, you know, they just take a step back in, in those kind of situations. And I think he could be, he could be one of them. I don't think you can count on him to be the shooter. He's in the regular season in the playoffs next year. Um, Blake Griffin, I think Giannis figured him out. And, you know, I know Blake did an okay job on him for a couple of games, but I think as that series went on, Giannis figured him out. And, don't think he's is you know a good enough defensive center and i know they have a couple options there but like um james johnson they brought in like i don't think he's that good um he obviously to you you're familiar with him he was in miami and he was kind of a bust of a signing for you guys like i get that they, they brought in you know how much does paul Millsap really have left the lamarcus Aldridge thing really concerns me because you know we've seen dudes die from like literally die from basically what he's trying to do like reggie lewis died when he went around got a second opinion and tried to play basketball again like i'm really concerned for lamarcus Aldridge personally that he's not gonna like drop dead on the court like um so i think that's a and you you saw it right with chris bosh like yeah chris bosh retiring early sucked but it was the right thing for him to do so you know for the help for his long-term health so that really concerns me um let me move on. Oh, right. Mental toughness is another bullet point. Um, you have players on this team who have just a history of quitting. Um, obviously, Blake Griffin quit on the Pistons. Kyrie Irving quit on the Celtics and the Cavs. Uh, James Harden quit on the Rockets. So when the going gets tough and when they're down to, you know, they were never really down in, in that Buck series this year. Um, but let's say they're down 2-1 in a series. I am not confident those dudes aren't just going to throw in the towel and quit. And I think Kyrie in particular could have, could have come back in this year's play, but I just don't think he cares enough. I just don't think he cares about basketball enough. Um, so at the end of the day, I don't think, you know, these dudes are quitters, man. And um, so that's a concern. Um, also, so only a couple more left. We're getting to the end. There's only Ooh. one. Um, and so I, I stole this from, um, credit to Seth Partnow, who kind of mentioned this in an article in The Athletic on the Russell Westbrook trade. He kind of mentioned this as an aside, but I was just like, damn, that's a really great point. Um, so I'm going to steal it and, and credit him, obviously. Um, you know, they played the, – the, the Nets' big three played like 13 games together last year. 
So like everybody is confident that they're just going to fit perfectly and everything's going to work just fine. But maybe it was just a honeymoon phase. The, these players all have histories of, you know, obviously you have Harden with Dwight Howard, which is probably more Dwight to be fair. Um, but you have Harden with Dwight and with uh, obviously Chris Paul, like that was really not a good look for Harden. And then given how it's turned out for Chris Paul. And then, and then the thing with Westbrook, and then you have, you know, Obviously, everything everything Kyrie's done. I mean, good lord. Um, and then, uh, yeah, I mean, so I I just don't. I'm not confident that like they're gonna be happy in their roles long term. And I also saw a team because we played. Unfortunately, we played them in the in the playoffs last year without with half our team not healthy. So it was really not a fair a fair deal. I think we could have competed for them if it was a fair deal, even with last year's team. Um, but I didn't see a team that made each other better. You know, it was a lot of your turn, my turn. It was, you know, dudes would get their points sometimes, but it would be the expense of someone else getting their points. Like I wasn't really impressed by like the flow of the offense or anything. I didn't think it was, you know, necessarily, I'm not going gaga over like everybody else was. Um, You know, I don't think they make each other better. And I think, you know, teams that make each other better are the teams that usually win. Um, So, I mean, they should not have lost a game to Boston in the playoffs last year, not with the team that the Celtics were throwing out there because the Celtics, you know, were without three starters and already had a thin team to begin with. So that's just inexcusable, um, for, you know, for them. And it's just a really bad look. And it kind of tells me that they're not necessarily what they're all cracked up to be. Um, and yeah, and then just chemistry in general, I guess I've kind of gone over that, but. Um, <laughs> I think you uh, beat this dead horse. Yeah, so I, I mean, so to conclude, like, do I, I will say, I will put them in the, in, in, in a contender when healthy here, I made just for them. Well, there's, there's like three West teams that are in it because the West is a clusterfuck, but and, and I don't even know what to make of that conference. We'll get to that when we get to it, but um, I have them fourth. I just, um, you know, they'll be good, but. I just, I, I really don't think, I think, you know, obviously maybe some of these things that I mentioned don't, don't have a big impact, right? Maybe some of these things aren't maybe what I'm making them out to be or, um, or, or something, but one, at least one of these eight things and probably I think all of them is going to keep this team from winning a championship. So, um, <laughs> all right, T. Now that you've heard me talk for like Jesus Christ. <laughs> all right, let's uh that's all I want to say. Let's move on to the central division. <laughs> okay, yeah. I mean, so well, hey, you know, if I'm gonna come out with a take so strongly that you know I am very I've been very firm about you know my feelings about this team. So I think I should have reasons why. And yeah. I, have, I have eight reasons why. So I'm gonna defend cool. my team. And you can, you know, people listening, and you can agree or disagree, but that—that's where I stand. They're number four. Um, All right, uh, let's do uh, the Cleveland Cavaliers. <laughs> okay, yeah, let's go to the Cavs. That's a good one. We'll, we'll, we need, we need to cool, we need to cool things down. I think this has gotten a little too, little too, as I knew it would be when we hit the Atlantic. It was just going to be a show no matter what. Um, Central should be a little tamer. We'll go to a tame team now, the Cavs. That I don't think we'll disagree on too much. I have them number thirteen. Um, you know, they could be 13 through 15. Maybe uh-huh. this is the one team in the 13 through 15 tier 
the tanking tier that I do think like if everything broke right for them, they could potentially leap up. If you you know out of out of these things, that's why I have them thirteenth because Sexton you know is an established NBA scorer now, and um, you know Garland is a good player, and they have some developing young talent there, and. I'm just not really sure some of what they're doing. Like, I don't know why they traded Larry Nance for Laurie Markkinen when they just drafted Evan Mobley and they paid Jared Allen. That really did not make much sense to me to have all those guys on this roster. Um, I mean, yeah, Okoro would be the small forward, I guess. And and, and Allen and Mo, Jared Allen and Mobley together. I, I like both those players, but I don't know if I love that fit. I think if this is a team that maybe could have traded down in the draft and things some things would have made more sense. Maybe they could have signed and traded Allen and things would have made more sense. Maybe they could have just traded Larry Nance for like a wing or something. And maybe things would have made more sense, but I, you know, I think they will be interesting, but ultimately I can't put them above the 12 teams that are in that top, you know, that are higher than them. So they're, they're 13. Steve, what do you think? Uh, they're. I think they're um, <clears throat> dead last. Um, when you have Mobley, uh, when you have Jaron Allen, when you have Kevin Love, those are the three people that's going to make probably the most money in your. Oh, and marketing. Uh, they're going to make the most. Antorian Prince. <laughs> they're going to make the most money on your team. Then it's just not going to be a team that's actually going to be prosperous, especially you know when next year you have to sign all these other people or resign or like extend all these other people. So they're not going to really do well. They didn't do well last year. They're not going to do this well this year. That's the biggest thing with me. Yeah. I mean, all that's fair. Um, they certainly do have the downside to be number 15 if like things don't really fit. And this is an also also an interesting trade team if things don't really fit because you have a dude like Colin, uh, Colin Sexton who's coming to the end of his contract. And if things don't really fit together there this year, they may opt to get what they can for him rather than pay him in restricted free agency next summer. So that's that's something to watch. This is, I think, another Simmons team potentially. They could cobble together some interesting stuff. I mean, Sexton is a perimeter score for Philly might make some sense. Um, and, and, and they've got some other guys too. So I, I don't know, but yeah, I'm I'm not in love with the Cavs either. Let, let's move on. Too much Cavs. Yeah. Um, so, Detroit. Yeah, Detroit's a good one, T. Detroit's a good one. Let's do Detroit. I have them number 14. Um, okay. Like, I have – the only reason I have them over Orlando is because I think Cade is the real deal, and we'll really see some flashes um, from him uh, this season. I also think Dwayne Casey is, like, a proven coach, and I think he's – You're we're, we're more likely to – you know, we know we're they're going to be a well-coached team. We don't necessarily know that about Orlando because they hired uh, Jamal Mosley, who's kind of a – you know, first-time head coach. So, um, Dwight Casey's been a good coach before, and um, you know, I think he'll be a good, a good leader for that young team. Um, you know, and they have a lot of young players that theoretically should progress this year. You know, Killian Hayes, Isaiah Stewart, Sadiq Bay, Jeremy Grant was really good for them last year. We'll see if he he's probably about the finished product, but um, you never know. And so, you know, I'm I'm interested to see what they do. I I, I really hope. Cade becomes, you know, a star because I do think that Detroit being good is good for the NBA. They're a franchise with a lot of tradition and history, and um, you know, I'd be down to have a Tatum Brown versus Cade and whoever they draft next year rivalry. I think that'd be fun. So, um, you know, let, 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 let's make that happen. Hopefully, Cade works out, and 
I do think they'll be fun to watch. So, Steve, what do you think about Detroit? Uh, I think they're going to be 13th. Uh, very similar to the thing that I was saying about Orlando. Like, we don't know what's going to happen. Obviously, Craig's the guy, but then, like, is he going to be the the point guard? Is he going to be the shooting guard? Because they did pick up Killian Hayes, but Killian Hayes needs the ball in his hand as well to execute, and he can't really shoot. So, we don't know what's going to happen with that. They do have Jeremy Grant. So that's going to help them win a couple of games. But they were like, what, last place last year? So <laughs> it didn't really matter. Um, so, yeah, just a whole lot of just shit with that team. So, I don't, again, I don't really have a lot of things to say. Um, they're not going to do anything too great. They're going to probably still do the rebuild in two or three years down the line. That's probably when they're going to be able to do stuff and see what Kate Cunningham can do. But, you know, he probably would do well with like 17 points or something like that. And, shoot a specific amount of points or uh, free, uh, field goal percentage and, like, win the fucking rookie of the year or not. It's all good. Yeah, so, and one other thing we should mention, T, is they signed our boy, Kelly Olenek, in the offseason. Um, so, I know that's a transformational move for their franchise, right? Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right? <laughs> now, we're obviously being sarcastic. But, like, he is going to help them space the floor around their young players, which, you know, I don't think that's a bad thing necessarily. You know, they probably don't care about being good good defensively right now, but, you know, put Cade and Killian Hayes and, and those dudes in positions to succeed on offense. I don't think that's a that's a bad play for them um, at all. So, um, And they're also going to be a team that has a lot of cap space next offseason because the Blake money comes off the books. So um, maybe they'll probably still be in rebuilding mode, though, so they'll probably, like, take on money for picks and stuff like that. Um, but they'll be able to – maybe they can um, – you know, put things into a higher gear next offseason. Then they'll have another lottery pick and then, you know, all that money. So, uh, all right, enough all right. Detroit talk. Um, let's move on to – you want to do Indiana or Chicago? I think we should uh, – let's, let's go Indy. Okay. Um, I have Indy number 10. Um, Same. Okay, so we're, we're, we're in lockstep on this. So, uh, I, I again, this is a team that in most years in the East would have been probably a no-doubt playoff team, but it's just too deep this year. The top-end talent is just not really there with them besides, like, Sabonis, but they have a lot of good players, and Rick Carlisle is a good coach. That's going to be a major upgrade for them um, over what they had last year. So, uh, you know, I think they're going to be a better team than last year for sure. Um, you know, they're, they're deep. T.J. Warren will be back. Malcolm Brogdon's good. Um, who else do they have? Um, Miles. Oh, Miles Turner's still on their team. They didn't trade him. Um, although that could happen at some point. So I mean, they just have a lot of like good, solid players, but nothing like super game changing that is going to make me put them into the top eight. Yeah, honestly, I agree with you. Same exact thing. Like they have a bunch of good players, or. Sorry, they have a, a bunch of average players, but they don't have anyone that's going to give them, like, that boost, even if, you know, you have the guy, uh, what's his name, Sabonis is going to give you, like, a 24 and 10 or something like that. Like, it's still, like, a uh, 24 and 10, not going to be, like, really impactful. Like, I don't really have anything to say about this team. We don't know what's going to happen with Miles Turner. We don't know TJ Warren. I don't think he's going to be back in the beginning of the season. I think they said that he's still kind of, like, fucked up with his foot, so – yeah, fuck that. <laughs> Tenth place, yeah. that's where they're going to be. Yeah, and this is another. This is another. If they are tenth or whatever, this is a trade team too, where they could start because they have a lot of tradable pieces. They could start. They could decide to start selling off and go into more of a 
uh, a bit of a rebuild soon, so we'll, we'll, we'll have to watch that. But, yeah. uh, okay, then let's go to Chicago. So Chicago All right. a very polarizing team, I'll say. There are some people who really like the Bulls, and there are some people who really don't like the Bulls. So, T, where do you stand on the Bulls? I have the Bulls at number six. Okay. Um, I think that they're going to be really good this year. I think they're one of those teams like the Wizards that are just going to like bypass all those other teams who are just like average, who you know had good or decent players that didn't really do anything. That they're sorry, they're not going to do anything like that this year because they got more top heavy. I'm talking about Bulls and um, Wizards. Uh, Zach Levine is going to be great. Lonzo Ball is going to help out. Um, what's his name? Uh, DeMar Rosen's going to help you out as well. He's going to be a 3-4, being able to play make as well. Uh, Patrick Williams is going to come up and be a lot better. Nikola Vucevic is going to be able to learn the playbook a lot better. So he's going to be able to still give you that 2010 with high efficiency. They picked up Stanley Johnson. They picked up uh, Javante Green. They picked up um, – what's his name? Uh, Derek Jones Jr., so and Alizé Johnson. So they picked up a bunch of players who are able to give you good defense, even though it's not a lot of offense, but they're still going to be able to strap up, you know, some of your better players. Um, and they also have Kobe White who can still shoot, can give you that six-man or on yeah, six-man uh, kind of role. And they picked up uh, Alex Caruso, who's going to be able to be amazing too. So all for the team. So I think that they have a lot of star power. I think that they have a lot of depth. I think they have a lot of – oh, they have better defense than they did last year. Um, it might not be, you know, top 10, but, you know, it can be like middle of the pack kind of defense, which will actually increase them a lot more. Uh, so that's kind of the biggest thing. And they also have people that can help score that can, like, uh, make Zach Levine's efficiency a lot better. So that's kind of the biggest thing with me. Fair enough. Yeah, I mean, I, I can see a lot of what you said there. So – we're not too far apart on the on the Bulls, I guess. I have them number seven, but I will say I do think they're kind of in that seven to twelve tier for me. I think something would really have to go wrong. The only way I see them getting into the top six is if something really goes wrong with the Sixers, maybe even more than I'm thinking it will. Like, um, even if Simmons doesn't show up, uh, I think uh, I think they'll just because of Embiid, they'll probably still be better than the Bulls. But that being said, the Bulls, I, you know, I like the Bulls. I think they'll be a good team. They're really their offseason is really all over the place for me. Like just to put it into perspective, I did a you know I did something on my blog where I was I went through like okay here's five offseason moves I like, and then here's five offseason moves I don't like. So the Bulls had um, the number two move I like behind you know with Lonzo Ball. I love that move for them. That's going to be great. Um, you know that was second to Schroeder in, in that category. Um, you know, just just from a value standpoint, that's a great. That, that's the long term out of the long term contracts given this this offseason, it's going to age the best. Um, I think out of all of them, from a value standpoint, uh, they didn't give up like anything in the sign and trade. They got New Orleans to eat money for for what? I don't know. That was a terrible move by New Orleans. My God. And uh, so great, great, great pickup by the Bulls to get Lonzo. He fits really well with Levine too. Um, Alex Caruso, another great move. Obviously, Vucevic was a, was a pickup last, uh, you know, last, um, you know, in last season, and, and that didn't really work out great because they had to surrender the eighth pick. But like, is that Vuce is still a good player, and he's going to help them win, win games. 
The DeRozan move, however, while I think he will probably help their team, I thought from a value standpoint, man, that was one of the that was right up there with the other with the Western Conference end of the Westbrook deal is just the trade I did not like um, this offseason. Like, who was paying DeMar DeRozan even half what the Bulls offered? Like, I don't know who was going to pay him that. He was literally going to just go ring chase or whatever. And then the Bulls were like, oh, here's $30 million a year almost. Like, oh, my God. Like, what? And <laughs> and on top of it, they gave up Thad Young, who's a good role player um, on an expiring contract, and a first-round pick in 2025. Now, who knows what's going to be happening with them in 2025? I don't know. Like, I would not have given up that pick for, for where they are at in their competitive cycle. I thought it was a terrible uh, move, especially when they already owe another pick to Orlando for Vucevic. So I would not have uh, I would not have done that piece of it. I know they got the pick back from Portland, but um, or I would have tried to harder to engineer that trade earlier. Maybe the Spurs would have taken that pick, you know, that Blazers pick or whatever. But I think giving up the 2025 pick is, is not was not a smart move for that team. That being said, DeRozan is a good player, and and he'll help them. They're going to be a good offense. They're going to be a really good offensive team. I do worry a little bit about their defense, but I think Billy Donovan is a good defensive coach. He can keep them from being, like, league worst and stuff like that. Like, they're not going to be that bad. They could be maybe in the 15 to 20 range, which um, could allow them to uh, – you know, they could make the playoffs with that. Um, so I think this is going to be – a team that, that ultimately is in the, you know, it, it, you know, has the favorable position in the plan and then makes the playoffs and, you know, they could make a first round series. Interesting. Who knows? Um, yeah. See if some things work out for them in a positive way, if Zach Levine takes another jump or whatever. So any other. All right. Uh, I, uh, I think I'm good with them. Okay. So then let's wrap up with Milwaukee because in, uh, at least to me, I have Milwaukee number one, and they're number one. Yes, I have Milwaukee number one. Oh, and me too. My, what you think? I'm crazy about having Milwaukee number one. No, no, I say I agree with you. One, oh, you I agree? got one okay. too. Oh, cool. Well, we're on the same page then. Um, you might not be on the same page with this though. I think Milwaukee oh, title again. Oh, I mean, I don't know that. That I'm not. We'll, we'll talk about that later on in the season. <laughs> Okay, well, I'm just saying that my, that Milwaukee is my preseason uh, championship pick. I, gotcha. I think, look, I think I'm giving LeBron James recognition as the best player in the league right now, for now, out of respect his career and what he's done over the years. But I think at the end of this season, I'm going to be saying it's Giannis. I am. I think Giannis is pushing for that, man. And he, he like, like this team, I think, learned – like when they went on their championship run, you can say whatever you want to say about it, but there is a certain confidence and swag that you can that you kind of get when you win a title. And this team has that. Now. You're not going to see the un, you know the underperforming that they had against Brooklyn because they should have won that series earlier. Um, but they didn't play well, and so it ended up getting to Game Seven. But um, I think I don't think you're going to see a more confident better version of this team going forward. Um, and they are also getting Dante DiVincenzo back. I know they lost PJ Tucker, which is not great, not ideal, but I think Dante DiVincenzo offsets that at least some. Um, and then you get Giannis back to the four. I think that probably makes more sense. And, um, and then, uh, you know, they, they added some bench shooting George Hills back. Um, Connaughton, Connaughton's still coming off the bench. Like, 
They, you know, I think they'll be better on the bench this season than they were last season. I still think they could use like semi because semi Ojale is not doing it. I, I I still think they could use maybe on the buyout market like another um another four power forward type that can kind of play good defense um to play behind Giannis. But um you know Bobby Portis is is back too. Like I I think they're they're reloaded, confident, and ready to go. And I think they're gonna I think they're gonna repeat as champions. What do you think about um, that? so I mean, short for me, short and sweet. Um, they were the champion last year. I know the whole Brooklyn situation. Everyone's like, oh, you know, if it's toes, that are, I don't care about that. You win, you win, and you continue being the number one person until somebody knocks you down. Um, yeah, they lost like one or two people. Uh, but like that doesn't mean anything. Continuity is going to be a big thing with uh a championship team. And like I said, they didn't lose too, too much. And I'm sure in the middle of the season, they'll be able to, you know, get somebody. Um, so yeah, that's, that's really the biggest thing. They also are going to uh, get a uh, DiVincenzo back. Um, so I think they should be fine. Number one. I don't know what we're going to happen in the playoffs. Again, we'll talk about that maybe in another podcast uh, for prediction of like final stuff, but yeah, number one, don't knock down the people who won a championship. That's how I feel. Okay. Unless they made like a big thing, big change. Anyway, yeah. Great. So yeah, fair, fair enough. So um, I think that's uh, I think that's about it. T. I don't think we, we we're gonna have time to go through the West. We'll do that in another. In another yeah, we we'll do a different. Maybe, yeah. Maybe next week or something. But um. Yeah. Just just to recap, I'll run through my 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 list here. So I have uh, Milwaukee number one, Boston number two. Miami number three, Brooklyn number four, Atlanta five, Philly six, Chicago seven, New York Knicks eight, uh, Charlotte nine, Indy ten, Toronto eleven, Washington twelve, um, Cleveland thirteen, Detroit fourteen, Orlando fifteen. That's my list. So, um, what's yours? Just to recap it for the listeners. Uh, Bucks, Nets, Hawks, Miami. Uh, Boston Bulls, 76ers, and Wizards. That's going to be the top eight. And then finishing off with the last seven is going to be Charlotte, Indy, um, Knicks, Toronto, Detroit, Orlando, and Cleveland. All right. Good stuff. So, so T, thanks for coming on. I appreciate, appreciate it. Appreciate it. We'll talk soon. Definitely. Great job, man. All right. Sounds good. Okay. Peace. All right, this is Jacob back. Just just to record a quick little add-on here at the end. Um, I forgot to mention something on the whole Kyrie thing. Like when, when we were talking about the Nets, like so this dude is unvaccinated and he has had a history of flouting COVID protocol. He did it last year when he basically decided, oh, I'm just going to go take some time off in the middle of the season and go to like a family birthday party or whatever, and I'm just going to f- completely flout COVID protocol. So like, how can you rely on that dude? How can you do it? I just don't understand it. So anyway, um, good luck with that. They're not winning the title. And that's that. Thank you for listening.